Just Some Podcast Media. The thoughts and opinions expressed on Buried Pleasures are those of the host and the guests and do not represent any views of any organizations that we may volunteer for or be employed by. Listeners should be aware that there may, most likely, be profanity and discussions on topics that may require a little discretion. You have been warned. I came from the mud, there's dirt on my hands, strong like a tree, there's roots where I stand, oh I've been running from the law, hope they won't shoot me down soon. Welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of Buried Pleasures. I'm your hostess, Pollyanna Amazing, and today I have my sweet friend, Kevin. <laughs> Hi, Kevin. Kevin is from the Jury Room Podcast, and today we're going to talk about what gives Kevin pleasure. Welcome, Kevin. <laughs> welcome aboard. <laughs> I had to lead with it. I had to. You went with the accent. I had to lead with it. First so, and foremost, thanks well, for having me. My name's Kevin. Like she said, I'm the host of the Jerry Room Podcast, all things true crime, anything from serial killers, unsolved mysteries, everything in between. And yeah, you can find me on eight of the millions of fucking podcasting platforms that they have out there. It's more of a solo host. And then the week after, I usually have a guest on and we discuss the episode. Fantastic. Now, for all you guys out there listening... And you're going to find this a huge surprise that Kevin thought that the show was about strictly sexual polyamory kind of things. Cause my name is Pollyanna amazing. Could you imagine? Uh, uh, wrong. <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> I definitely thought it was something sexually related, of course. But again, that's why I'm doing this season of what, what's your pleasure? Because everybody has this different definition of what pleasure is. And I want to know what people think pleasure is. And so also in this meet and greet we had earlier, we talked about what a Pollyanna is. Do you want to tell the folks out there, Kevin, what a Pollyanna is? (laughs) Somebody who is optimistic blindly all the time, no matter the situation, constantly optimistic all the time. All the time. And I try annoying fucking people in the world (laughs) because the pessimistic people in the world. Yeah. So sorry for you pessimists out there. I'm a true Pollyanna and it's two L's for lots of love, not just for polyamory. But anyway, um, (laughs) so Kevin, tell me how long have you been doing the true crime jury room podcast? So actually I just crossed over a year in October. Um, 
So thank you. Thank you. So it's been a year. It's been interesting. I one day woke up and I was like, I can fucking do this. Like, <laughs> this is easy. I was listening and watching people and I'm like, oh, this is fucking easy. That's the stupidest thing I ever told myself. <laughs> uh, little did I realize how much went on in the background, but no, it's been good. It's been a learning experience. I've learned a lot. I've met a lot of awesome fucking people and it's been an experience it's opened my eyes to a lot of different things that i was definitely ignorant to before and so it's kind of it's it makes me happy i mean meeting people and and talking to people i'm very introverted by nature so it's kind of nice that i don't actually have to like sit next to you and talk to you but i can talk to you through the screen so uh no it's been good it's a really good experience and i'm i'm, I'm loving it Phenomenal. And that's what we like to hear on Buried Pleasures is how people are, are keeping them themselves in a state of pleasure. Right. And another one of those things I like to ask people is like currently you are podcasting from your home. You are comfortable in your chair. What do you think in this moment would make you more comfortable or more pleasurable? Right? Like those are the things I want to know. Like that we have a pleasure scale that we follow. Zero is no pleasure whatsoever. 10 is like 100%. You're in your spot. You're in your pleasure. If I had to, honestly, it would probably be a pillow. Something I could <laughs> lay my head down on and just chill and just and enjoy the conversation. That would probably be, I mean, I'd probably fall asleep. Let's face it, in five <laughs> fucking minutes, but it would probably make it better. I'm going to guess that you're never going to fall asleep talking to me. That's not going to be a uh, thing. It's probably not going to happen. <laughs> if I did, you'd probably be nudging me like, hey, oh, up. sure. I'd be like, hey, <laughs> not time for sleeping. It's time for pleasuring right now. <laughs> I'm here for that too. Let's go. Oh, man. No. Okay, then whenever you, when you started your podcast and you started talking um, about true crime, what was the one case that you thought of that that made you think that I want to talk about that one more than any? Which one was it? Or has Ed there Kemper. been Ed Kemper? Ed, Ed Kemper. So the jury room, actually, I, I got it from... I, I was I was trying so I'd already decided right I I'm like months in at this point didn't have a name didn't really have a direction for where I wanted my show to go and I was watching Mind Hunter on Netflix and <laughs> I love like I love true crime I do I love the the fictional the nonfiction I love it all and so I was watching Mind Hunter and I was like and he was talking about drinking at the Jerry Room which is a bar in Santa Cruz and I was like dude I like that. And mm -hmm. so I stuck with it and ran with it. And I was like, yeah, this is it. And so my very first episode was Ed Kemper. So that made me happy. I, this, this sounds sick. It made me happy, but it made me happy to have a vision for my podcast. And it, it made me happy to be able to present it in a way that I hadn't really heard it before. That made me happy. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And even though you were happy about a serial killer, it's not the serial killing that you were happy about. Correct. But getting the information out there or actually just investigating, you know, just doing the reading. Ed Kemper is a, um, my He's... husband is a huge Mindhunter fan. And <laughs> seriously, like I don't like to watch that kind of stuff only because again, um, right. not my, not my shtick. I'm not trying to talk about people getting murdered, but you know, it's not that it's not in the realm of things that I've had to be involved with in the past in my job. So, you know, right. those are kinds of, of, of things that you have to think about when you're looking for an audience. So when you were seeking out your audience, who was your audience? Who were those people that you thought you would? 
Believe it or not, I didn't know really know who my audience was going to be. But as I've gone over the course of the year and plus, I've really come to notice that a lot of my core audience is, is women. And it's, you know, the females, for whatever reason, they're fascinated by it. You know, they're, they're just infatuated with true crime. And it's one of those things that for the people who love that shit, they understand when you say like, you, oh, you get excited about it. And like you said, I'm not excited about the serial killing. That makes me sad that, you know, that that makes me feel bad for the victims. You know, the missing girls, that makes me that makes me sad. That makes me feel bad. But being able to tell their story, being able to bring light to the victims, being able to honor the victims, that makes me happy. Being yeah. able to explore, because it's it's fascinating to me what makes them tick, what makes them act that way, why are they like that? Mm -hmm. Society as a whole is positive, but there's also, there's a lot of bad shit in society too. And you see the extreme ends on both, you know, covering it. And so it's good to you know, explore that, explore that human nature, because human nature is fascinating. People are interesting to learn what makes them tick, what makes them do what they do. Why was he a killer? Was it because, because you have both spectrums, you have people who were abused and who were just treated like shit, but you also have people who had a perfect life, who in quotations, a perfect life had everything, but they still do. They still commit the same crimes. So were they born that way mm -hmm. or did their, you know, did their background make them that way? You right, know what I mean? That whole nature versus nurture conversation. Right. And it's a, it's a conversation that I don't think we'll ever solve. And it's something for ages, but, but it's still a fascinating conversation to have. Right. I, I totally agree with you. And then too, when you're bringing attention to these cases, just like you were saying, that's the thing we're trying to figure out. Why would somebody do horrific things in to other humans? Like what, what's the drive? What makes that? And that's kind of, you know, I think in some cases there have been um, killers that did it for the pleasure of right. it. Right. And that and that's just it is there. They they do it because it, it excites them. It makes them happy. They, they they have that 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 lust for whatever that action is. And, you know, for example, like Ed Kemper, like as soon as he killed his mom, the lust was gone. That urge was gone. He he satisfied it, you know. And so now that urge to kill people is is no longer there as to where you have other people who it doesn't matter how many people they kill. In fact, I just did an episode on him. Uh, his name is Patrick Wayne Kearney, and he was killing young boys, men, adult men, and he was killing random, I mean, for years and killed over probably 40, 50 people. And that was what made him happy. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, why though? And that's, you know, right. I don't know. Well, I think I, we were also talking earlier about the, um, what was the Netflix special we were talking about about here? Oh, Aaron Hernandez, the documentary. Yeah. I don't know what the title of it is guys out there, but anyway, there are the, the reason why I do my show is that hopefully one day somebody's going to say, well, I know my pleasure maybe this, but maybe a healthier way to deal with my pleasure would be that, right? So not to give away anything of that, but I'm going to tell you guys, if you get a chance to watch that daggone show, watch it. It's fantastic. The mind of Aaron Hernandez. The is mind of Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. So, and you know, that's one of the things that I, I like to focus on. And, and again, I like to put definition to what people believe 
is there pleasure? Because that's in the realm that I have to deal with every day. Like something might mean something to me, but it doesn't mean that to you. Your pleasure deriving from talking about serial killers isn't because you just think that they're super cool or, you know, you want to get down to like the mind hunter stuff. Like, why are they right? What, what is it so that we can, you know, discern all that information, filter it out and figure out like, how can we help people to not feel like they have to do that kind of thing to satisfy their pleasure or whatever it is that they're searching for? And because if you also have that flip side, right, there's a ton of people. And I'm again, if, if you've been abused, I'm sorry. And that like, I, I feel for you at my empathy. I, trust me, we all have been through shit in our lives that is traumatic and I, I'm not discounting that. Right. But the reason too, though, is, is what about all those people who have been abused who don't go and kill people, right? So why, it, it's just, I don't know, to me, it, that's what makes me happy about doing this podcast is being able to see that perspective, okay, why? And and a lot of these cases, it's crazy too, because so, at some point, I don't have empathy for the part of the serial killer where he's killing people, but if he's been abused or sexually abused or whatever, before that point, I, I empathize because I'm like, fuck that. Like that sucks. Like being abused is not fun. It's that's not something that people, anybody should go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then that empathy goes away the second they start killing people, because there's a ton of people who have been abused, who don't kill people. And it's just something that makes me happy, I guess. Right. Well, I think that there is a piece of everybody's mind, right? That we all want to learn new and novel things and we want to know how pieces fit into a puzzle. We right. need, it's a dopamine release when we level up and get something finished, <laughs> figure something out, right? So dopamine Absolutely. plays a huge part in that. And with like your jury room podcast, um, I'm just going to keep saying it because, oh, by the way, guys, um, I call it the JR podcast now because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Because we're cool like that. The junior podcast. <laughs> He's named it after my dad. That's exactly I, her dad. I know it. You're a sweetheart for doing that. So these guys are ways that you can get into pleasure by hooking up with people that you don't know from Adam. <laughs> right. And then find out that you have so many things in common. And again, pleasure. We talk about it so many times and there are things in your day that make you happy and there are things in your day that make you sad, but finding those things and putting them into a vault of pleasure, the pleasure vault. I like it. The I PV, like it. The PV. PV. <laughs> I mean, it almost sounds like a venereal disease, but that's fine. Yes, we're going to go this that in part. my PV and keep it. <laughs> So, um, yeah, <laughs> yes, I'm here. But you for know it. what, what happens when somebody defines your pleasure that you have defined as something creative and wonderful into something gory and terrible, such as in the case with Ed Kemper, right? Right. So everything is a perspective. And I talk a lot about perspectives on this show because there's so many, um, <laughs> there's so many perspectives you can look at things through. I get so mad. My husband tells me a lot of things like he's he's like, let me play devil's advocate today. Stop doing that. I I, like when you're mad about something and you have it in your mind that that's what you want to be mad about. And somebody brings this side note in like, oh, well, what if they didn't have a choice? What if they did? And it's like, dang, I want to look at it from my perspective. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You're taking that away from me. But really, honestly, 
I think sometimes we need to slow down and stop and think. And I think that's what makes things like Mindhunter and true crime. I think that's what makes it so enjoyable Right, is because these are people who have the same, like they were born on this planet, just like the rest of us. They, you know, everybody has a mom and a dad in some way, shape or form. It's interesting to see how people tick. Right. That's kind of what, you know, like what I do in my daily job, I have to find out why are people doing or saying or being the way they are based on how I I have no idea anything about their background. So like take, for instance, how do you make toast? yourself personally this is i'm just going to use this as an example how do you make toast do you how ever do make, I make toast? toast yeah to- oh like bread toast to bread sorry toast you know, toast. <laughs> I know I, oh i know what toast <laughs> is we're good well how do you I, make mean, toast? I would take two pieces of bread yeah and i would put them in a toaster yeah like an upright toaster or like a toaster oven like or an upright toaster like an upright toaster okay right and then uh, I'd grab a plate while they're in the toaster, the upright toaster, upright. not the toaster. I don't know what the upright toaster. That's just my how what I'm calling it today. <laughs> like regular old, like brave little toaster. Get it, guys. Brave little okay. toaster, right? <laughs> grab my plate while I'm waiting for my bread to get toasted, uh-huh. and I'd put it on my plate, butter my bread, and eat it. Right? How did you learn that? Because that's what I was that? taught. By who? By my parents. By your parents. And who do you think taught them how to toast bread? Their parents. Right. But do you think they had the same upright toaster that you had? No. Do you think anybody ever read a direction on how to toast bread? No. No, probably not. Unless you're psychotic. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I'm totally teasing. If people out there, you need... But you know what? That is something that you and I would think, or most, I would have to just say in general, most people would say, I get two pieces of bread and I put it in a damn toaster. That's how I make toast. What are you getting at? But why do we do that? Because we saw somebody else do it. Right. right? And for years we saw somebody else do that. My mamma would stick bread on a fork over top of a burner, gas burner sometimes and make toast that way. Uh-huh. Blew my mind. Like, how are you going to set bread on fire? That was something really can How are you going to set bread on fire? Hey, mom, we're setting the bread on fire again. Mamo, how'd you get that bread? But no, I mean, I've seen that before. And right. to me, I was like appalled. <laughs> Nobody ever, you know. Right. But back then, when I watched my grandmother do that, it was for the speed and ease of she was trying to get out of the kitchen. And, you know, it was just that, just that it, that's it. And she grew up without a toaster, you know, right. She, she was my mamma. She was older. She, she grew up in, in rural Kentucky, didn't have a toaster. Right. Right. So in those instances where we think where the general population thinks one way is the normal way, doesn't necessarily make that so for everybody. Right. And I think right. that that's how, interesting and I, I'll filter that into how interesting it is when you talk about true crime right because we don't know all of the facts we know a lot of them sometimes sometimes more than others but how the person perceives the information that they're given is how they put pl- everything plays out right right so that's an interesting perspective so something that you and I had talked about beforehand you know learning all these things so I was very ignorant to the fact that women, have a different perspective than I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So as a woman, you are not you in general, but women for the most part. And this is, and if it is you too, then that's cool. And if not, you're fucking awesome. But you know, a lot of women and a lot of experience with the women that I've talked to, you know, different podcasters or just watching social media over the last year is a lot of women have had bad experiences with men. And that's, you know, with 
groups of men, with single men, with telling people no, so on and so forth, whatever the case is. Now, as a single man, my perspective is different. Now, I'm not a fucking douchebag and I'm not one of those guys, right? But it's one of those things that even though I, I'm not that person, your perception of me is still that person. You know what I mean? So, and that's something that I've learned over the last year or so is how bad it really is for women. You know what I mean? For, for, for just your day-to-day lives, just from going from point A to point B to point C to point D throughout the day, most women are looking over their shoulders, worried, you know, are they going to be attacked? Is that man going to come out? You know, whatever the case is. And that to me is fucking disgusting because it's like, I don't have to worry about that shit. I get to go from point A to point Z all day long and not have to worry about being attacked. And that it makes me sad for, for women. You know what I mean? And not like I I'm fucking pity you kind of shit, but it's just like, why do you have to live the life like that when I don't, you know, that's, I'm going to switch up this perspective for you. I love doing this. We can do this all day. Okay. So take, for instance, I have a gay friend homosexual male friend who sometimes is afraid to walk home. Exactly. Right. And so, but again, you know, this story from a male female perspective, right. And there are other stories out there that are similar, right. But also contain separate genders, right? Like the sexuality preference switch. Well, the thing is, is I think a lot of people, this is my perspective, (laughs) is that we all have learned certain things through our own experiences, right? Right. That's where pleasure comes in um, on a whole nother level for me. We learn things by watching. That's how most people can, can do things after seeing it done. There are those people who need, you know, directions audibly. Some people need to feel touch. Some people need to read them. I'm not that reader person. What? (laughs) Like throw me some stereo instructions with some pictures. I like pictures. (laughs) I like pictures. Anyway, that's just it. (laughs) Sounded so country, right? I like me some pictures. I like me some pictures on things because for me, that's how my brain works. But think about that. All of us, our brains work in different ways based on how we were raised, the environment to which we were raised in, the schools that we were raised in, the interactions that we had going, you know, like from straight from high school to college, or even if if you were a person who were, were homeschooled and think about what that's doing to these kids now. And I swear to God on my life. Yes. Again, the school district to which my 16 year old is going to is out of school because of COVID. They need like, and I understand why, but that doesn't make me hate it any less. <laughs> she doesn't do well in online school and I don't do well when she's in online school either. Um, it's just a, it's a hassle for everybody. Right. She needs, her, she needs her social time away from her family so that she can learn how to be an adult. And you need your social time away from her. It's correct. It's a give, it's a win-win. Correct. <laughs> In my search for pleasure, school being out, you know, like that's, that's not there. It's not on my list of things to have pleasure about. But anyway, when you read books like Mindhunter, and by the way, who's the author of Mindhunter? Do you know what his name is? By I chance? don't, but I can look it up. Because so I want to give credit where credit's due, obviously. Very famous person, <laughs> FBI agent that wrote the Mindhunter book. And there's another book too, right? Mindhunter 2 or something. Yeah, some shit. <laughs> there's all kinds of, it's like a huge... Right. It's a huge so, but you have to sit back and be this um, witness in silence 
to see the perspectives from everybody's angle. Uh, John E. Douglas and Mark Allshaker. Okay, there you go. Those authors of that book, collaborators, contributors, whatever you want to call them, they came from two different perspectives. And so they put that in there. And that is to me, that's my pleasure is figuring out like what, what, shoot, man, also speaking is a pleasure for me <laughs> when I can do it appropriately. Um, <laughs> I'm leaving that in there. I don't even care. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the pleasure, you know, to see difference, the differencing in opinions on how pieces of puzzles fit into that particular thing, right? Like that's the kind of pleasure that I derive from those sorts of murder, mystery, true crime kind of things. Now, listen, that Joe Exotica stuff, true crime, down for <laughs> all day long, down for all day long, oh, only because it's so sensational, right? Right. And all those people are trashy and I love trashy people because oh, I love them. <laughs> Because listen, we are all just a product of what, wherever our parents dropped us off when we were 18 and said, here, live your life. Like if you went to college and you, you stayed at home for four years or whatever, or if you basically moved out when you were 17, got a job and you never saw your parents again, this is your starting point. Right. And some of us got way luckier than others and where they got dropped off. (laughs) I used to get dropped off at the zoo. Correct. Well, when I did addiction medicine, when I, when I was doing um, prescribing for that, there were a lot of people that I, I came in contact with that. I'm just like, holy cow, we are the same age. We went to different high schools, same general area in the world, you know, geographically, I could have very much so been on the other side of this desk where they are, Right. you know, and how is it that again, am I just lucky? Or was there something that gave me a drive that they didn't have? Was there a chemical in my brain that I have because of my genetics that make me who I am? Basically, that's a true statement for all of us. How did we get that? How do we turn those genes on and off? How can we share our, like my ability and ease to talk to people is pretty evident. (laughs) I can talk, I can talk to anybody and sometimes they may not want to talk back. I don't know, but (laughs) I make people uncomfortable to the point where they're just like, okay, I'll talk to you. So you'll shut up. Right. (laughs) Well, that's just it. You don't. That's it. That's it. But I mean, how could we, like, I want to see that book be written and maybe one day I'll write it. I don't know who knows, but I want to know how I can function in a high stress situation, such as an ER. Right. Right. And definitely have a little PTSD. It's always called a little PTSD. It's not a big PTSD. It's a little one. It's just a little one. It's a little one. Just little. He's little. He's a little guy. Sits on my (laughs) shoulder and and whispers in my ear whenever I, you know, have have walk out of the house at all ever. Correct. Right. Every time. So what I, and again, I happen to be one of those people that I can talk about my feelings. Some people can't. Right. Right. I'm an open book. I'm pretty much, I'm pretty sure at work, people are just like, Jesus, stop talking, you know? (laughs) No, not at all. But then actually, here's the great thing about my job is I get paid to tell people what to do. Right. So yeah, I guess you're doing the right thing, huh? Right. Well, there's no stress involved with telling somebody your perspective. Right. Laugh out loud. Um. (laughs) And that's a, that's a good point though. I mean, is, 
That's a good question. As, as you're talking, I'm sitting here and I'm, of course I'm listening kind of, but I'm also thinking about how, what, what sets you apart, right? Like, because you hear about the people who don't go to school, but yet are still like right. way up there. And then you have people who go through all the schooling who don't do shit. Right. So it's like where, what makes, what sets everybody apart? apart you know what i mean and that's a very good question that's a very and that's a hard question to answer super hard question and i'm sure one day when i answer it and i win my nobel peace prize or you know <laughs> you have a little fan or are you gonna have like a pool boy with a fan and feeding eight pool boy? did you say oh, sorry sorry i'm sorry eight no, i'm gonna have a, you didn't i'm gonna be in right. hammer entourage in it everything <laughs> I only say that because I met MC Hammer years ago at a horse race with his entourage in Virginia. Oh. There's a whole lot of people. They, they usually do. They usually yeah, I know, them. right? <laughs> one day, one day, you can walk with me in my entourage. Oh, mm-hmm. I, you know what? Can I be like the front entourage or is it like the back, like on the tail? No, I mean, like, where are you feeling? Like, if you're feeling like you need to push through people, you can be in the front. If you feel all chill, you can hang out in the back. It's cool. <laughs> The view is good either way. <laughs> that was good. I like that one. You know, it's that whole, I hate to see you go, but I love to watch it. Uh, yes. Yeah, I got I you. Got it. You know what? That one did not go over my head. <laughs> Those are things I derive pleasure from is just being silly. That's who, <laughs> that's the realm I live in on a, uh, on a 24 seven scale is Trying to figure out, you know, from my perspective, there are a lot of pleasurable things in the world, but for a gentleman such as yourself doing a true crime podcast, working a full-time job, you know, making, you have to make ends meet, right? Right. You have limited time for activities that you deem pleasurable. Right. So when you're trying to put out podcasting shows is sometimes like a daunting task and you've done it for over a year. And a lot of podcasts I hear do not even make it through the first year because people, hello out there. If you have listened to any of my shows, you will know some days it's harder than others to podcast. You know, is, there are, depending on who you well, you are, you see, you're smart. You, you don't have guests on often. Like you just do it every other week. Right. Like I, I have to go out in search of people, which I got really lucky, you know, a couple of weeks ago, everybody just hopped on board and was like, Hey, I'll be on your show. And I'm like, sweet. Now, who do I want to be on there? And who like, who do I have time to schedule with? And there's some pretty amazing people that reached out to me. You in particular, I'm very happy to have met because we get to talk about true crime, which is also like, I'm a huge true crime. I like the, um, I, I like the detective aspect of true crime. I don't like the gory stuff, right. Only, it's just personal issue for myself, but I, you know, my dad was in law enforcement. I, I, I hang around some law enforcement folks, not often because, you know, <laughs> the rep, it's rep. because not that of I'm, the laws that I break <laughs> in several, <laughs> several countries. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but that's the kind of thing, like, no, I, I really, really want to know more about what makes those people tick for that reason, for the mental health aspect, because right. mental health to me, like, did you know that you could tell yourself that you're sick and you just get sick? <laughs> you know that, you right? Can, like, can, that's- You can convince yourself that you're not sick too. Correct. Absolutely. Right. And your mindset 
when you get into those cycles of, oh, poor me and blah, you are releasing chemicals in your brain that affect your entire body, your every organ system, your skin, your everything. And it literally makes you feel like shit. And it makes you feel like shit. Somatically, you want to fall over, jump off a cliff, whatever, wherever it takes you to. So how do we get folks on board with not doing that? I don't know. But see, that's another, that's, it's it's a, it's either a circumstances, right? That get them in that rut or it's learned behavior. So over the course of my life, right, I've been away from my, my family and, and my, you know, like living with my mom or whatever for many, many years now. And I've haven't spoken with my family for many years either now. And so it's kind of one of those things that I, over the course of time, have started to realize like, fuck, like a lot of my behaviors were learned behaviors. That's not who I am as a person. That's what somebody has been telling me to be for years. You know, like I grew up in a very, I wouldn't say very, not extreme, but a racist household. And it was, you you know, you're not going to date, you know, this, or you're not going to be this, or, you know what I mean? Like, and it, oh, I know like, what you mean, honey, I'm from Kentucky. <laughs> right. So it's kind of one of those things that yes. when I was a teenager into my early 18 at, you know, 19 young adulthood, mm-hmm. I was like, fuck that. I'm, you know, but the older I've gotten, the more I realized, like, that's not who I am. Like, that's not me. That's not my personal beliefs. That's what somebody else has taught me. And so I like, it's one of those things that you have to, you have to break that chain, you know, you have to break that shell of, okay, is this who I want to be? Because this is what I was told I was, or do I want to figure out who I am and what makes me, me, you know what I mean? Right. That's it. And I think that it's so hard for people to reach out because if you looked at social media, the news, whatever, did you know that everybody hates everybody? Oh yeah. 100%. Right. No, I mean, right. I, oh, I mean, no, no. I thought everybody loved each other. What are you right, talking about? Right, my, right. oh, my no. world view. It's right. And all we do is label each other with stuff to make us separate, but special. Right. But see, that's just it though, is because if you go, it's that gratification of social media. It's that justification. Okay. So I don't have kids and I'm, I don't, I've never wanted kids. It's just not something that I've, I've ever wanted to experience. I'm not going to say support choice. So <laughs> and, just kidding. I love my children. I right, love you so, kids. All of you that are so even though right there, right? right? Like it's a joke. It's a but joke. But deep down inside, I'm sure at some point that you might have had that fleeting thought of what would be my life, my life be without my kids. Can I tell you really something funny? My a friend of mine from high school one day, maybe like a year ago, sent me a picture of me from our senior prom, 1991, guys. Could you imagine how tall my hair was? It was huge. Anyway, so my son sees this picture and he says, gosh, mom, you look really happy there. I haven't seen you look that happy. And yeah, he said, my, my husband says, yeah, since 1996, there you go. (laughs) That's when my son was born. But yeah, that's the thing is that you don't realize how something so precious and wonderful. And, you know, we're supposed to propagate this species and do all the things that we've been told to do forever and ever we're supposed to have kids but but what i where i was going with that is though is that justification right so through so i knew probably i would say 15 to 16 i had the started having the thoughts of i don't want kids 
by 18, 19, I was like, I definitely don't want kids. And by the time I was in my 20s, I was like, fuck, like, I don't want them. They're, they're not for me. This is not something I want. I, I I have this irrational fear of fucking another human's life up. And it's just not something that I want to deal with. Right. So, OK, I, I just don't want them. Now I'm in my 30s. I'm definitely not having them. I'm good. But through my teenage years, my 20s, all the way into my 30s, people don't say it now. I hear it every once in a while, and it always comes from people who have kids, right? Through that justification for their actions uh -huh. to tell me that, oh, you're going to want them. I heard that for years. Just wait. Just wait till you're older. You're, you're going to want them. You're going to want them. You're going to want them. And I'm not going to lie. There was a period in my 20s where I thought I wanted them. It was probably a good two, three years where I was like, oh, you know, I would see like, a little toddler with their dad or something and i'd be like oh that's so sweet but then i'm like no and it just wasn't for me you know so but that's that justification and that's what the people look for on social media it's that validation even though the media and everybody else wants us all to hate each other we're all looking for validation and that's what the internet i, I love the internet it's a blessing and it's a curse at the same time because there's a lot of people before the internet who now can find people like them. Mm -hmm. And, but at the same time, it's just a bad place. There's so much bad negativity at the same time that it just poisons people. You know what I mean? You are correct. I believe that in my heart, but you know what? Something that I was thinking about while you were speaking, even though you don't want to be a parent, that doesn't mean that you can't be a role model or somebody who you know, even wherever it is that you're working, your company that you work for, there's a younger guy than you because you're old right. now, by the way. <laughs> so one of my employees, I'm a supervisor by trade, right? So one of my employees is the same age that I was when I started with the company that I'm with. That's the and bitch I'm, that happens is that you can be old one one day. Right, exactly. And I'm like, we were just talking about it the other day and I'm like, I was your age when I started. I was the young guy mm -hmm. when I started. And now I'm not. And now you are. And it but makes me now, sad. Right. But now you're a quasi role model. Maybe right. I and I'm okay with being a role model, you know, like for people looking up to me, like I'm cool with that. Like that's not the same. I'm not responsible for that person 24 seven. But you know what? Mind hunter talks, right? Like <laughs> talk about it. You may have done or said something one day and this guy's like, you know what? I want to be a super cool podcaster like this dude. And then he goes on to be like Joe Rogan famous, right? <laughs> and you're sitting back going, how the hell did that happen? Right. And right? I'm still sitting in my <laughs> closet, not being Joe Rogan. No, I don't. I don't want to be Joe Rogan. No, not Joe know, Rogan. I know Joe you don't Rogan want to be level. Joe Joe Rogan level. Exactly. Right, right. You know, because I, you know, that's the that's a common theme with podcasters, I think, especially all of us indie podcasters are sitting back going, Yeah, yeah. Could do I want to be able to build my own uh recording studio in the middle of a city? Yeah, that'd be that'd be super awesome. That'd be just terrible. I know, right? Um <laughs> can, I, can I say something though? Yeah, sure. For everybody out there who's listening, wherever you're listening at first, thanks for listening. That fucking means the world to both of us but mm -hmm. we don't make any fucking money at this we spend all of our fucking time doing this we are not joe rogan and we don't make a hundred million dollars i just want to throw that out there in the universe and say we're not joe rogan no we're not 
And if you'd like to support podcasts or but, your podcaster, please try. Right. <laughs> you, If you want to give me your money, I will gladly take your money. If you enjoy the content and want to keep it going, please be a Patreon. Or uh, you don't have a Patreon, by the way. <laughs> you don't even have to be a Patreon. Go leave a review. Right. Like say, tell that podcaster, thank you. This is what your show means to me. Right. Because that goes that's like heartwarming to the point where it's just like, it makes you want to keep going. That's it. That's why I do this. I do. I, I love to get messages from people who say, man, I never thought about it that way. Thank you for opening my eyes to that because there are a lot of things in the world. I have no idea about zero right. ideas about things such as true crime podcasting, because I'm not a true crime podcaster, but I know all these scary people names because my husband loves that stuff. Right. So <laughs> I'm a by proxy true crime no i really there there are a few few shows like you know a youtube like bailey singer and she puts on makeup she talks about gross stuff i'm right. cool with that my kids watch that <laughs> see i bailey Sarian, i like her she's she's good i she's she's huge she's blown way the hell right. up Right. So one day, maybe you could start putting on makeup while you're doing your true crime podcast and be that level. So I will tell you my YouTube idea off the air. <laughs> so before I, I, before we go today, I'll tell you my idea off air. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. Hey, by the way, <laughs> exclusive content that you're not going to be uh, privy to until it's time, guys. Until it's that time. It, it's a secret. <laughs> And that's what we like over here. No, <laughs> what we like at Very Pleasures is pleasure. And this is a pleasurable conversation that I've been having here with Kevin from the Jury Room Podcast. Kevin, thanks for coming on my show. I, You know what? I loved it. I was pleasantly surprised. I you honestly, thought we were going to be swinging from chandeliers over here, guys. I, don't I know did. I thought on. there was going to be swinging titties. We were going to be Swing doing it. helicopters. Like, I don't fuck. Yeah, you no. know what? I, I didn't know what to expect. So I came on with a very open mind and I am 1000% glad that we got to sit down and have this conversation. Aww. It was, it was good. I really enjoyed myself and I hope to be back on again. This was awesome. Only, um, I'm going to call you in your closet all the time, but listen, <laughs> Hey, Kevin, come out of the closet. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Kevin oh my God. That joke's so funny. I've never heard that. I've before. never heard it. I know. Listen, <laughs> I get it. No, but Kevin, oh, hold on. If, I have a sound for you then. Oh, please. Sound. Nobody's offered me a sound before. <laughs> <laughs> hold That's on. Awesome. I think I got another one. All right. There we go. In the closet joke. But there I'm, we that's go. My, that's that's my good. I think I just posted on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> matter of fact, and reply to somebody something. Anyway, um, Kevin, where can they find you and the Jury Room Podcast? So you can find the Jury Room Podcast on any major podcasting platform. Uh, if you like true crime, definitely come take a listen. It's a solo host for the the script, and then I have a guest on the next week where we talk about the episode. I just did Patrick Wayne Kearney, the trash bag killer. If you've never heard of him, go check him out. I'm sure she's going to post the links below or somewhere in these show notes. Mm -hmm. Definitely click the link. Go listen, leave a review. Even if you fucking hate it, you can still leave a review, and it lets me know that people are listening um but yeah you can find me on social media jury room podcast you can email me at jury room podcast at gmail.com that's where you can find me out. i lost it for a second like i was like i had a whole thing going and then it just it's all right we're really easy over here at berry pleasures we uh 
We don't like to rock the boat too much. (laughs) Kevin, it is a pleasure and I will definitely be seeing you back. And especially if we could do a special where Kevin puts on makeup while we are doing a true crime. Only for your Patreon though. Dope. See, I can't be mad at that. All right, guys. So listen, this is Polly and Amazing. You know who I am. You can find me at barrypleasures.com. You can find me at Barry Pleasures on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I think I got a TikTok. I got all those things. So hey, listen, hit us up. And when he said that he wants to hear if you don't like his show, please don't tell me if you don't like my show. Just walk away. <laughs> don't, don't, don't say anything. But if you do like my show, please follow me on any of the social medias, please uh, rate my podcast. It it would be great to hear if you enjoy it. Otherwise don't put that negativity in my Pollyanna mind. All right. Okay, guys. Well, it has been a pleasure, Kevin. And I thank you for coming on guys. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Sunrise